Welcome, everybody, to another episode of After Further Review with Mark Ferreira, John Pelkey, Jeff Taylor, our producer. Another action-packed episode for you. <laughs> We've got our progressive trivia, which should be a lot of fun. We have another NFL progressive trivia as we matriculate our way to opening day in less than two weeks, which is uh, very, very exciting. We're going to uh, talk a little Major League Baseball today because... It's the last season. It's the last month of the season. We're in September, for crying yeah. out loud. It's pennant race time. It is. And, um, Just past the mythical trading deadline, for God's sake. We God. have. And so there's there's a lot to talk about. We can talk about predictions or MVPs and those kind of hackneyed subjects. But I'm sure we'll do that because we often do hackneyed subjects. But also want to talk about some of the rule changes that have been affected this year and how that may be the owner's way in or the non-traditionalists way in to make some changes that have heretofore been sacred cows. Heretofore, uh, we got uh, ourselves a reader. <laughs> uh, hey, it's hey, hey, before. hey, hey, dumb it down. All right, there, college boy. Good it's boy. happened before in Major League Baseball where you've sort of thrown out some test balloons in some funky situations post-strike and the like. And uh, there's some theories out there that some things may actually change. And frankly, John, when we get into this, I'm pretty excited about some of that stuff. I think it, it'll be great for baseball. I really, I really do. Some of them. And normally these things happen. You know, they, they, they actually this year may expedite it. And that's sort of what the article was about. It's a great article. And we'll give the proper. Uh, no, we won't. We never do. Um, uh, but I'll try to remember to let you know whose article it is. Um but uh, normally these things are done, Mark, as you know, like uh, the NFL will do it because they'll have the competition committee meet and then they'll leak things that they're talking about. And that's yeah. just a trial balloon to see what the response is going to be. And I always think they throw out like it's it's like a grading scale. They throw out the highest and lowest. So they 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 throw out the thing they know will get changed. They throw out one thing they know will never in a million years get changed. And then four or five things in the middle to see where people kind of fall on that. And baseball has the luxury this year, and I think you would agree it is a luxury, of making some of those changes because unprecedented and seeing how that works out. So I'm looking forward to talking about because I think some of them would be good. And I've never been, nor have you, Mark, I've never been the, oh, my God, the, the game's way too long sort of person. However, right. Right. we've both been in, in a position where we've said, Okay, but I'll if, if you want to pick up the pace of the game, I'll, I'll listen to those discussions, and I think there are good ways to do that. There are good ways. They've tried a bunch of ways thus far. It haven't really worked. We'll, we'll get into that. It's a lot of fun. I think we're going to get uh, uh, some nice uh, some nice discussion on that because, uh, to me, it's an exciting topic because, to me, it's baseball looking into the future, joining the rest of the major sports out there uh, with, with a few basic – uh, tenants that I you know think the down can move forward. You, you know the downside of all of this, though, is that this is going to engender probably, I don't know, two, three text uh, threads with 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 Pete Zicky about the designated hitter, and and and, well, and, and right. I'm going to have to border on I'm going to have to border on personally attacking him to shut that conversation down. Right, which which is which is what you've been reduced to. Which I would say that's a tip of the hat to to Pete Zicky. 
that yeah. he's gotten you. He's worn me place. down a bit. Yeah, you can't. You, you lose your uh, ability to be erudite. I know. And you just go after him. Well, that's a faux ability which, anyway. That's all built. That's all built on a house of cards. So. Well, I get it. But, but only a few of us understand that at this point in time. <laughs> well, well, and luckily I'm saying it on this podcast, so it'll only be a couple more people. It, it'll remain a few of us. <laughs> Uh, we're also going to touch on the NBA NHL playoffs. My Flyers still alive. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great game too. That was a great a three one lead in 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 the third that they that they lost the Flyers, and then and then didn't let it get to. I mean, didn't let that affect the momentum in oh, overtime. Yeah. So that's pretty impressive. But it's they're fun. still they're still down three two against uh, you know both of yours favorite pick for the uh, Stanley <laughs> Cup champion, the New York Islanders. My favorite. I kind of could pull for him. Uh, we have, you know, we have some potpourri we're going to talk about. Maybe touch on the uh, touch on the NFL also. Uh, Kirk Cousins had some interesting things to say. We'll get into that. That should be a lot of fun. And we'll have our final Steagles preview. I did look up the Steagles a little bit. I did look up that season. I did look up the schedule they had. I did look up the championship game that year, the playoffs that year. Uh, and it's uh, it's 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 pretty fun. It's a fun story. And, and I'm going yes, to admit to something. I'm yes. going to admit something right now. I, I was prepared to come on this show and beg everyone's indulgence to move that show to Monday because I found out you could buy Steagles merchandise on uh, on Amazon, um, a Steagles T-shirt. And uh, I really wanted, you know, Mark, you're, uh, you, you have introduced the multimedia aspect of the deep dive, which which I, of course, of course am opposed to on, on so many levels. Um, Music, video, I, PowerPoint. Right. I was going to I was going to uh, institute the wardrobe uh, for the deep dive, putting tons of pressure on you because you wear nothing that wasn't given to you. I mean, practically everything you own clothes, is swag. Clothes have never mattered to me. Right. You know, well, we know. we know. We know. Just honestly. look at me. And, and, and exactly. they've always mattered. It's always meant a lot to you, John. It, it really has. Uh, aesthetically, yes. I you're, I'm you're, all about the aesthetics. Yes. It's, there's nothing beneath. The veneer no. of my this aesthetics. This yeah, deep. even my area edition is an <laughs> oh, yeah. deep, but it is a mile wide, so I can jump to another uh, another. I can quote F. Scott Fitzgerald, and then if people want to get into a Fitzgerald discussion, I can then move the ballpark to John Dos Passos, and then just it's it's a, it's an elaborate shell game, and it, and it really is, that. and and you're quite good at it. You've Thank been you. doing it now for for fifty five years, and fifty six. Uh, you know, fifty six. Well, the first year you were just kind of getting your ducks in a row. I came out. I came. I came out bobbing and weaving, pal. Okay, I came out bobbing and weaving. Uh, so we're we're going to talk about we're going to talk about that. And so you're, in other words, Amazon is not going to deliver that in time. I, I couldn't get it on time. I, if I could really by Monday, I did, I felt like I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, I, I, I couldn't beg the indulgence of the uh, of the massive audience that we have and ask to push it to Wednesday. And I just never would have heard the end of it from you. Uh, so if, I thought you know one thing I could get away with. I think that's something we should talk about. Jeff, please chime in on this, because let's think about this now. Let's think about this. If we move it to Monday now, now, granted, there, there's two sides to this. If we move it to Mondays. Then we lose all of our overreaction Monday right. thoughts. I didn't uh, want to move the to NFL all Mondays, but if we if we move it to Monday, we lose our we we gain our fantastic friendly football Fridays that we could get into and preview all the games. 
Do you know what I mean? How can we be? Do we give up on overreaction Monday or football Friday? Fantastic. Fun football family Friday. Uh, You know, what is it? So perhaps we do it on Wednesdays from here on out. Maybe it's Wednesdays. Hump day. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yes, this additional day that was supposedly, you know, and if we do it every two weeks on Wednesday, that gives you a lot more time. I don't know. I don't know what we should do. I well, do I, think I, we should have. I do think we should have a little merchandise, merchandising wardrobe. Anything that anything that brings you closer to embracing the medium that we're actually in, I'm I'm all for. Now there is a there is a um, somewhat of a roadblock to all of that. Because I, I, I was going to purchase this, and I still may, um, even though, you know, I haven't had a job since February. So probably purchasing things for a one-time 45-minute discussion of the Steagles might be a difficult sell to my wife. Uh, that, that one may be, that may be difficult. Uh, hey, hi, honey. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll buy something. Uh, food? Mm, no? No? Dog or cat food? Mm, no. All right. What is it? I want to buy a, uh, a T-shirt that commemorates a uh, 77-year-old football team that only existed for 10 games in 1943 because I'm going to talk about it on the, uh, the podcast for Mark's family and friends. Um, so what do you think? I'll give you a choice as to as to how that ends, Mark. I'll, I'll let you finish that. D- does she a acquiesce happily? Mm-hmm. B um, tell me that it un, under no in, un, no in, uncertain, uncertain terms. terms. Thank you, thank you. That one's a difficult for me. Um, that I I can't do that. Or does she physically attack me with the closest large object? A, B, or C? I think it's a combination of B and C. Uh, with also D, you're seriously injured as a result. Yes. Okay. So Very nice. I, I think all of I think she's going to react uh, in no uncertain terms violently yes. at you, yes. and that will and that okay. will uh, end up injuring you to some Thank degree. You. Thank you. The other downside to that is if I buy a if, if I buy a shirt that has a logo mid chest, I have to do the whole show like this. That's the thing I was going to ask about. So that doesn't really make a great deal of sense. And for those of you listening on the pod, I stood up so you couldn't see anything. But if if, if it was a hat, that makes sense. I don't do hats. My hair looms large in my legend. <laughs> I know you're like Jack Kennedy. He did not do hats. I, uh, if he would have just accepted, exactly. I do not believe that a man with uh, vigor should uh, put a covering on his head. That is all. So there you go. Uh, any any uh, input, Jeff Taylor, our producer, as to if we were going to set a deep dive? And re- remember, it's only once every two weeks. So once every two weeks, do we sacrifice a fabulous, fun football Friday? <sighs> or once every two weeks, do we sacrifice our overreaction Monday? What is, I, what's your thought? I think Wednesday's a great idea. John, go. <laughs> All right. In 1941, I could do a bunch off the top of my head, but I'd only get to like game six because I'm, 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 fig- I'm, you know, most of these stories aren't about the actual games that are played. I mean, you sure. know, you, you look at those early 20th century NFL games anyway, and, you know, a, a, a 20 to 14 game is like, 
uh, wild scoring. We have to we, we have to we have to stop the wild scoring in the NFL. So they're they're not terribly terribly compelling as one game stories. Um, but I could probably I could probably give you a lot of stuff up front, and 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 I'm gonna I'm going to give you a tidbit from the show that I probably shouldn't give you because it's it, it's a great one, but it's so good that that I'm going to have to talk about it today. You know, unless we run an hour and fifty five because we're we're, we're we're trying not to. Of course, we're already well. I'm not happy. Past. I'm not helping by actually having conversations. Yeah, the the great thing about this show for me yeah. is how much I can aggravate you. Because yeah. it's just so apparent that, you know, when you when you are set on uh, this is I'm going to we're going to get through this. Yeah. We're going to we're going to stay in our lane. We're right. going to get through all of this information. Sure. Then I feel it is my job to derail that at every at every turn. Well, I mean, that's a very, very uh, consistent brand of yours. Yeah, because it's not just it, it's not just making sure you derail the actual rundown. Mm-hmm. It's making sure you derail me whilst I make points. Yes. It's interrupting as often as you can. Yep. It's as I'm setting forth on a path, you're ready to just jump in with something different. It's it's what's happened for over 20 years. And it's uh, uh, let me let me just I, I would be concerned with you if you if you didn't do that. Let me just dispute part of that. Let me just dispute part of that because again, it's in keeping with what we're discussing. Look at him just looking at the clock, just just staring at the I'm, clock. I'm just looking at Joe Connell. I'm looking at Joe Connolly's comment about Monday for Friday. Sorry. <laughs> you just there. Like, I, I I it's I'm not planning any of it. You know me. Uh preparation no, no, no. is no. no. It's, it's way just, overrated. It's but it's it's just in my immediate DNA. You know, our good friend Riley Claremont always says he'll believe anything for 10 seconds. You could literally tell him anything. Uh, there, there's a large muskrat in the yard drinking a martini, and it needs to talk to you about the, the brewers. And Riley'd be like, for 10 seconds, Riley'd be like, Jesus, I know brewer stuff. He'll, admit, he'll tell you for 10 seconds. For me, what, what's just part of my DNA is, is the moment I find a crack or even just an opening in something that you're doing, I have to I have to jump in. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what I'm going to say. No, I it's, don't. It's 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 spontaneous. And I've got to be on my toes. I've got to constantly be on my toes. I think it's good for you. It is. I think, I think it's it is. good for you. Otherwise I'd relax and just, you know, and it succumb. builds up it builds up a lot of. Uh, I think the, uh, the 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 listening and viewing audience uh, gains a lot of uh, of, of it, it gives them. It paints you. It paints you in a place where you seem like you're a uh, uh, a figure that needs uh, some level of support. You're a what's what's the word I'm looking for? You're, you're it, it, it's engendering sympathy. It's engendering. Yeah, you become, you know, I guess that's it. I didn't want to say sympathetic I've, figure, I've become but it makes a sympathetic you sympathetic figure. I, right, which you would admit you are not in any way. In truth, a sympathetic figure. <laughs> no, but I I do spend most of my life trying to create that yes. aura around me for everyone I know. Everyone right. I know, you know, I I sort of expect that to go. Oh, you know, give me every benefit of every doubt. Yeah, because I'm a sympathetic figure. Right, right, right. And so, and it's my job to to create to expose this. to expose the the myth that that is right. But of course, again, that plays to my thing, which is that I have to create this hard shell, uh, quippy, witty, uh, rapier like uh, attack on everyone, because what it really exposes is the the weeping sure. child that lives within me. 
the, the, no. the yeah. desperately needy. Yes. Quiet desperation. Liberty. The quiet desperation that lives inside of John Pelkey. Yeah. And has since he uh, exited the womb. Bobbin so, and weaving. All right. Bobbin I got and us, weaving. I got us almost 20 minutes in before we got to the progressive. So let's my, go to my our work is done. Let's go to our progressives right now. First set of clues. We'll uh, we'll make it. We'll make a call at the end of this show. How's that, John? We'll we'll factor in all of our listeners ideas. Joe thinks we should move it to Monday. Then I, I just want to say this. I want to say this in, in conclusion. I I will be fully prepared to go on Friday. This is not for me to not do a show on Friday. And I really only was going to change it to Monday for the one time that I could wear the Stiegel shirt. But again, I think we've discussed why that was probably not a great choice on my part. So we but can we definitely talk it, about it. We may, we, we may want to change it regardless. See. Yes, Sketchy. exactly. It is. <laughs> All right. I've spent 12 years plus in the NFL. Uh, I've spent, that could be either. I don't want to make it seem like it's present necessarily. Mm-hmm. Played for eight head coaches, had over 800 solo tackles, so it's not a quarterback. Nine-time-plus pro bowler. Mm-hmm. So there it is. 12-plus years in the NFL, played for eight head coaches, had over 800 solo tackles in his career. Nine-time-plus pro bowler. So that means it could be 10 times, could be nine times. could be ten, It could be 11, mm-hmm. possibly 12. Uh, 800 over 800 solo tackles means it's under nine as a rule. So there you have it. 12 plus years in the Good. National Football League. All right. Yes. Pretty, pretty nebulous. Pretty nebulous start. Good one, though. But, but you know, at least it's a defensive player. At least I've given you that much. Fair enough. All right. So let's talk about Major League Baseball right now. Let's talk about some of these rule changes that are that are out there right now. And before we get into that, let's set this up, John. The way the article sets it up is it talks about the trial balloon, if you will, uh, even though Major League Baseball claimed it wasn't a trial balloon, when they were up against the umpires and they wanted to uh, position themselves into a s- stronger position because there was uh, I- an impending strike or an impending battle between the umpires and Major League Baseball, they instituted the the, the box uh, around the batter's box so you could see right. if the uh, – if the pitch is a strike or not. Right. And broadcast, the, the yeah. umpires were livid because it's like you're evaluating us like this. <laughs> it's going to turn the public even more against us than Wait they a minute. are already. We're going to be held responsible yeah. for actually yeah. calling balls in stri- Whoa! We and, did not sign up for that. And the classic thing about it, the classic thing about it all is that – uh, Major League Baseball claimed, no, 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 no. This is just for the entertainment of right. our audience. Right. And it was exactly what the umpires thought it was. Yep. And it was their tool to evaluate them. Now, now I will say this, that that this guy, what's his name? Richie Phillips. I mean, talk about a clam. <laughs> talk he was the head of the a, umpires union, I believe. Yes, that time. head of the umpires union. And <laughs> just made all kinds of wrong calls misreading the landscape epically right. he just over he just overreacted initially it's it it, it, it was kill it was you know what's the, and i'm I, again the english language is a little difficult for me today but it's it's you know using an anvil to kill an ant initially he just he put all of his cards on the table almost from the get-go he threatens major league baseball with mass resignation yes of the umpires and the immediate response from Sandy Alderson, 
who was uh, the executive VP at the time. And Sandy Alderson is a very, very famous name in Major League Baseball. Uh, what was the what was the line? He said something that he he looked uh, calling the move either a threat to be ignored or an offer to be accepted. Yes, I know. That is not the first reaction you want from something that is that life-changing in the sport. And it turned out that a vast majority of those umpires, John, never got their job back. Yeah, some of them did. Uh, There were some court cases where some guys came back. But, yeah, you're absolutely correct on that. It's just, you know, what was the quote? uh, I had the quote about Leo DeRocher, which he had an infinite capacity for making a bad situation worse. Well, man, Richie Phillips. Yeah. Way, way to derocher that moment. Good that was, Lord. That was ridiculous. And it does turn out that Major League Baseball actually was using it. Right. That's the an, worst part. And, he and, was and, right. And that wasn't it wasn't collectively bargained. Right. That's something that should have been collectively bargained, mutually agreed upon with the umpires. Regardless, Major League Baseball went ahead with it and then and then went full tilt with it because the audience does like it. And and, you know, fast forward to Manfred coming in, trying to shorten the games, trying to bring the game into, you know, the social media age that we're in. Whereas we we just get so distracted so easily. And uh, I, I think a lot of the attempts to shorten the games were didn't work because essentially until they made that call this year, John and, and Jeff, and I think it was this year where you have to have three outs. Mm-hmm. A reliever has to have three outs. That has done more to shorten the game than anything else because essentially what would happen is that the first six innings of a game would be as long as the last three innings of the game. Right. And that that would be the issue there. So now in the pandemic, they are experimenting with obviously less games, with expanded playoffs, with seven-inning doubleheaders, with – extra inning college football esque ways of mm-hmm. breaking a tie and uh and also a universal dh so in your opinion john because i think to to me as long as ownership and players get along with this i don't think they're going to care about what the public thinks because i think the public is going to embrace anything that helps bring baseball a little help it feel like it's a modern sport if that makes any sense yeah, no, I don't disagree. I as as much as I hate to admit it, I think the universal DH is a given. Yep. I think most people felt uh that if 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 that were to happen in, in this season, this truncated season, uh, that it was going to be something that would happen in the future. I, I, I think it I think it will. Uh I think the expanded playoffs are definitely uh are definitely here to stay. Now by that I don't necessarily mean that they're going to make all of those changes for next season. It may take a couple of years to implement it all, but I but I definitely think that is there. Um the 70 inning double header thing is interesting because you know prior to this season they did everything they could not to play double headers. So how is that really going to improve anything? Uh are they saying that they would move to 7 inning double headers? And then also institute a lot more double headers. I don't know if that necessarily be the case. And remember um, what we talked about before with the double headers, much as you and I both love them, that it, it, it requires you, you can't charge fans double or you probably won't. I should say it would be counterproductive to to come to a double header. 
ticket for a doubleheader, if you wanted to stay for both sides of the game, would probably be somewhat less. And uh, you're going to have a hard time selling that to owners. And I think you, you would have to present them with some sort of a scenario where they saw that the excitement of a doubleheader and being able to see a couple of games back to back would bring enough people in that it would make up for the fact that you're going to lose. Let's just say if, if a game, if a ticket to a game is $50, as opposed to charging a hundred for two, you'd charge 80 or 85. So there's going to be a little bit less money there. So I think that one is, is questionable. The, Article talks about how you could get a lot of baseball, um, even semi-traditionalists, behind some of the things to speed up the game, as long as it wasn't a competition issue, like an in-game competition. A lot of people are opposed to putting the runner on second um, in in extra innings. couple of somebody in the article actually said, well, I'd be okay with it if they do it as opposed to the 10th, if they did it in the 12th. I love that idea. It played a couple of innings under the normal and then added it in much like a hockey situation where you play this much and then you're going to change it up because you need to get a winner or a loser in a shorter period of time. Um, So some of those things I think are going to be a a little bit of a, a harder sell. The clock on the pitcher they said a 20-second clock on the pitcher that right. then would result immediately in a ball if the, if the ball wasn't um, delivered in that period of time. Having had a little bit of experience with this work in the public address for the Braves when they instituted the clocks, that's, a, that's just a difficult thing to police. And I don't know throwing yeah. that extra thing on an umpire is necessarily a great idea. I think what you do is you make sure you, you keep that rule about a reliever. They have to get three outs. So it's not this pitch-by-pitch pitch or batter-by-batter batter, uh, manipulation of your bullpen that has been happening over the last 10, 15, 20 years. I think that's a good one. I love the seven-inning doubleheaders. They'll have to figure that out, but I think that's just so much fun. And it also is attractive, more attractive to fans, I think. If you know they're going to be shorter games, it's kind of fun. I do love the idea of what they're doing this time around with regional scheduling. And just essentially obliterating the idea of a national and an American league. I don't think there's any problem with that. You can still call it that, right? But treat it like the NFL, treat it like the NBA, treat it. You know, there is nothing that prohibits you from playing as many games as you feel like against the other league or against the other conference, if you will. In other words, California could have its own division. Each division is five teams. Cal- there's five teams in California. Doesn't that make sense? It, it, the, the owners and everyone associated with Major League Baseball across the years have been so resistant to change that when 69 happened and they they uh, added the playoffs, essentially, uh, they added a, a, an NL championship series and an AL championship series, but they weren't willing to do anything else. And so the NL West had Cincinnati, had Atlanta, had Houston, and it had San Francisco, San Diego, and Los Angeles. It's just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. I just think this pandemic and everything associated with it has opened the you know, has opened everyone's thinking. And I love the idea of keeping things regional. Like let's get a New York Yankee, New York Met rivalry going. I mean, why not? Let's get a Philadelphia Philly and Baltimore Oriole 
rivalry get uh, going? Why? I mean, why? Why would you know White Sox and Cubs? Why not A's and A, you know A's and and Giants? Angels and Dodgers. Well, I think they saw when they instituted interleague play, which, gosh, boy, if, if people not old enough to remember the 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 dis- battles in discussions about that were as heated as anything I've ever seen in sports. People just you'll ruin the game, and immediately those White Sox, Cubs, um, uh, and, and Mets, Yankees. Dodgers, Angels, those were the games that initially drew the most interest. Um, yeah. And yeah. and I think that's that's illustrative moving forward that those regional games, because, hey, you know what? You, you don't fill your stadium up if you're the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim down the I-4, uh, take a left in Van Nuys or whatever the hell they're called now. Um, they uh, If they're not filling up a Wednesday night game against – Kansas City, Seattle, Seattle. Are they still in the? They are. Didn't they, didn't they move to Oklahoma City, or is that someone else? Am I That's, missing? Is that a wrong sport? It is. Um, I think the regional rivalry thing, because you'll have Dodger fans if you're doing a Dodger uh, Angel game. I mean, it really does make sense. It cuts down, and that's another thing you because follow the money. These teams will spend less on travel. Yeah. So there will be there will be that mitigating some other things there. It's the first time in over 50 years. It's the uh, or almost 50 years, I should say. It's the first time that the entire sport is playing under a uniform set of rules, which right. has always been an obstacle to overcome. They're they're all playing by the same rules, and yes, in this in this instance, there are going to be second guessers because if you look at Oakland's schedule, their division they're in. They have really bad teams in that outside of Houston, which is not much better than mediocre this year. They have really bad teams, and that could explain why they look like a juggernaut record-wise, for instance. Whereas the NL West has some really good teams. There are four teams in there fighting for a playoff spot and makes the Dodgers and their what they've done look even more impressive. So there's going to be some bitching and moaning about what happened this year, but the fact that it everyone's operating under the same set of rules uh, to move forward, I think I think people are um, I think people are ready for the change. Now, what's interesting, John, is that the uh, what what is it? The insistence of not doing the DH for the National League all these years since 1973. We're talking 47 years. The insistence, to your point, and I'm going to say that. I've been instructed I say that a little far, a little long, a little too much. Really? But I will, I will say that in this, in this situation, you following the money, following the money, that's what's worried NL owners the most. Because yeah. D, because DHs are pricey. Are pricey. And they do not want to get involved in that. And, and if it is all about follow the money, then that might be a tough one. But I, I frankly, I'm ready to give up that ghost. I think the ship point. sailed on it. And, and it makes me unhappy because I much prefer, uh, and cue the Pete Zicky outrage, I much prefer the, uh, the, the National League game, even though I grew up as an Orioles fan and an American League, uh, an American League team. I, I, I like the National League game. And I always will. But I'm also, I understand that things change. 
And I think that in the end, to your point, it'll be better the, better for baseball. And you got to give a little credit to Bud Selig on this one as well, because yep. he did away with the president of the National League and the president of the American League. Because I remember as a kid, you get a baseball, and the name on the baseball wasn't the commissioner of baseball. You either got an American League or a National League baseball. And it was, you know, Bill White, or it was whoever, when, when I was a kid, was the uh, president of each league. And he did away with that, because they were no longer... They operated as if they were two different uh, companies, essentially, um, because that's how they came together when they merged. The way that Al Davis wanted to merge, uh, it, he didn't want to merge at all, but the AFL and the NFL, he wanted them to remain separate under the umbrella of professional football. Um, but I think we've seen in the NFL that it's a better working model not to do that. Um, and uh, as much as it's devalued all-star games, certainly, which really... You know, <laughs> those are fun, fun reason to get together and watch a baseball game in July because you couldn't convince your friends or your or your significant others that to get together and watch, you know, the Milwaukee Atlanta game in on July 11th and uh, overindulge. But you could do that if there was an all star game stuck in there. Um, but I think that the, that the model now, given social media, and I, I think the model now would be, to your point, Mark, to uh to just do away with all of that. I mean, you would have an American and a National League, certainly. But to look at having a, uh, just like you have an AFC and an NFC, but to look at having games uh, more regional, I, I just think it would uh, it would engender more, uh, more interest in the game. And I think uh, expanding the playoffs in every sh- sport has shown that. And what it really changes it, is it makes the jobs of general managers a lot different. Well, it would expand the revenue pool if playoffs were expanded, and it would also increase attendance uh, if, if there was this radical realignment. For instance, California had its own division. It would increase attendance. People would go to the A's games that don't go to the A's games right now. You brought this up. People would go to other games that don't normally go because of the regional rivalry. Because you could drive a little bit further and see your team. I mean, if you, you only see the Dodgers in Angel Stadium, and it's only it's right. only down the it's only down the Yorba Linda Freeway. Now let me ask you her name down the Yorba Linda. Uh, now let me ask you this, Mark, because you know you're a uh, you're a Northern Californian, and there's a there's a border war, East Bay West Bay. Would your family drive to Oakland? To see a Giants game, because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to no, go. That is a great question. I don't know. I yeah. would assume they would, but mom, particularly mom if like the, this year, uh, the the Giants are crap. But see, they're not, John. They're Ish. one game under 500. <laughs> but all right, if the playoffs were to start today, they'd be in. Okay, fair enough. Then I'm wrong on that. They're the, the Portland are... Trailblazers of the. Of Major League Baseball, right? Okay, now. that's that's a good one. But, but and the A's are to to you know the point that you made. What whatever it means, they're one of the best teams in the American League. A foe, record or not? Yes. But would that would then the folks in San Francisco who seem to because I think that that's a great sell because the the Giants can say Giants fans can say, well, wait a minute, you know, oh, this is our record, rolling game of. But we're playing in much against much tougher competition. Let's go down there and see how the you know twenty two win A's. Let's see how good they really are. I like that. I do too, uh, and I think a lot of Giants fans would respond, and I think Oakland fans would go to San Francisco as well. Whether or not Jan Ferreira brings my dad Robert James Ferreira along with her to uh, to Oakland, don't know. 
Don't know if they're going to go across the Bay Bridge. The Bay Bridge for that one. Would they drive or would they take the train? They would drive. The, the, they that's would, although they do take the train to. Uh, they do take the train to. Uh, what's the what's the latest name of that damn stadium? It's not AT and T anymore. I don't know what the I don't know what the most recent name is, but uh, they do take the BART to to the stadium, which is a nice. It, it's just you know up the peninsula just a bit, and they're only probably. 10 minutes south of the airport, which is about 15 minutes south of the city. So it's not that long a drive. It would, it would, uh, it would certainly be a long drive to, uh, or a long train ride to get to Oakland. I get the biggest uh, kick out of that. The Coliseum and, uh, they have the biggest parking lot, I think in the world and a train (laughs) stop. Make up your mind. It's because everybody who work can't afford works in San Francisco can't afford to live in San Francisco. They park there and ride the train to San Francisco. That's that's why it's the biggest. Now Lenny Rowe, interesting. He says just bat eight, just make it an eight man rotation. I, I feel like in baseball, if everybody has to throw the ball, everybody should have to hit the ball. I agree. Yeah, I agree. You How got- about just replace the pitchers with pitching machines? Because honestly, those divas. I mean, then then you really, because everybody's getting the same pitch. So yeah. now you really get to see who the great, if home runs mean everything to you, is about, it fair? Stadium-wise, Mark, you've pointed out it's it's not fair. But, you know, if you play in a division with the best pitchers, eh, you're probably not going to have as good rig. I think and, pitching and machines. The pitching machine has a great, nasty slider. And, and, and every pitching machine is programmed to either be really stellar with a great slider, a great curve, a great changeup, and a, just an unhittable fastball that rises. And then some are pretty average, only have a couple of pitches. Uh, and then they're just randomly programmed, so it doesn't matter. And I, you know what else I like? I, I like? I like less roster space and not having a designated position as pitcher, a pitcher-only position. And then you could have, like, pitching today for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Mike Trout. I love that. Yeah. Because he probably was a pitcher in Little League. So every in, in, every, like every side, guy yeah. who made it to the majors was a pitcher at some point because yeah. they had a great arm. Yeah. So, so every every eight days or so, it, it's it's your turn yeah. to pitch. Yeah. It was like or, volleyball. Or, or 10 days, it's your turn to pitch. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't I don't like the idea of batting eight. I don't mind the idea at this point in time of getting rid of the D. I mean, having the DHB universal. It's fine. It's fine. And I know we're going to just hear it. We'll never hear the end of it. I get it. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. I don't, I don't mind. I'm interested in Major League Baseball. And I didn't realize these stats were, were like this, that uh, attendance has gone down for the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. And there hasn't been back-to-back years of attendance rising for 10, 15 years. Yeah, it's like, 10, like 9, 2010, 2011 or something exactly. like that, maybe. And so you that know. was surprising to me because you look at BaseballReference.com and you look at the golden age of baseball, which is supposedly the 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you, if you drew a million, you were in the top three in your league. Now, yeah. yes, things are different. Not as many, you know, you'd assume that there's less platforms to see or hear a game that, that would draw people to the crowd, to the ballpark, but no. Uh, yes, there are more people in the country now than there used to be. Yes, that's true. But it, it is a pretty stark comparison. But, but also, it, yeah. it, it, that's a little, you know, and having done work uh, research for the deep dives, we always have to remember that still into the 50s and even into the 60s, there were a lot of afternoon games being played. 
And part of that, the, the reason that they just didn't draw well was, you know, if your team was under 500 or obviously not a playoff contender in August, are you going to take a day off of work to go and see a game at that point? So I, I think that was part of it. Um, you just and, and, you know, when we were growing up, Mark, you'd see the Sunday afternoon game. Maybe there'd be another game during the week. But, you know, when ESPN came online in 1979, they didn't have baseball then. Uh, you'd get highlights, certainly, and that was helpful. But uh, until that point, you watched a, a Sunday afternoon game, maybe Saturday afternoon game, maybe maybe Sunday afternoon game, and you watched, you know, this week in baseball. Yeah. And that's how you consumed it. Now, I don't right. have to watch a game. I can go on to MLB tonight, and I can see everything that I really needed to see. Right. So it's a right. tough sell. My question, I want to jump back to the doubleheader thing for a minute. Um, I love my, that idea. My only problem with that is – um, I'm, I'm going to be the statistical guy now. It, it's just playing games for of different lengths. Just that that just sort of bugs me. Well, I think that some of that thinking, along with putting a runner on second base, which yeah. is an odd thing too. It is to do, even if it's in the twelfth inning. Uh, they they're also talking about bringing it back to 154 games for for the season. Uh, all of those things, if it's going to be a 16-game playoff, if they're going to have an NBA-esque playoff system where 53% of the league qualifies for the playoffs, they're going to need more time, so they're going to need to shrink the regular season, and either they keep 162 and have a few doubleheaders, or they go to 154. But any of those scenarios, 154, seven-inning doubleheaders, man on second base, all of those screw with the number yeah. the sacred the sacred holy grail of baseball numbers right and if people can get over that then then fine you know what well let me ask you this let me because I'm, I'm i'm just going to stay in the money thing i'm going to stay with the money thing for a while if you have a double header two seven inning games a double header and your second game is rained out and you have to make it up you're gonna make that up as a seven inning game okay so you'll honor the tickets from the second part of the doubleheader, but then, you know, most games not necessarily sellouts. So now when you sell a, a ticket to that uh, seven-inning game that's going to be played on its own, you, you have to charge people different, right? Because you can't charge them the same if they're going to get two innings fewer of baseball. Uh, unless you have a few dates set aside for doubleheaders. So that what they do is that they just say, all right, this date and this date, we've set aside that if we needed to do a makeup game, if we needed to do something like that, we can do it on this Friday the, the 13th or whatever it is. And now it's a doubleheader. And now, and now folks get a chance. If they've already, if they've already paid for those tickets, they've already paid for those tickets, you know, they're going to have to figure something out. But you, you pick a team that you know you're not going to get a big crowd. <laughs> See now, now you're making it much more difficult. So you're saying that you have a normal nine inning game on that Friday, and then you you drop. No, a double. I think I think what you do is you make you you make it you make them both that way. And I don't I don't I don't know. They may have to deal with some of that this year. In other words, they created double headers this year. Mm-hmm. They create because they had to. They there were so many postponements. Sure. So they created double headers. So I think you would just create double headers with postponements. You know, maybe you don't schedule them at all. I don't think were there any. I don't think there were any doubleheaders scheduled, uh, and so, but there's been a, a lot played because of all the 
cancellation. So you just you treat it the same way in Major League Baseball. You just, I, you I just, just see that running into a lot. I'm not necessarily saying I'm opposed to it. I'm just trying to think of the arguments on the other side. And I and 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 you know me for whatever reason I I focus on process a lot, and I just think the wheels that need to be put in motion for, you know, for that, because everybody is always like, oh, we'll just play it on another day. And it's like, well, you know, is that stadium basically only used for that? What are it's it, it's a little more difficult than just saying, oh, we can uh, we can just shuttle this game off to another day and play a doubleheader in my mind. This is what's good about this year is that all of those things will be not only thought through, but put into practice and tested. Yeah. Because Agreed. all of these games that have been cre- – all of these doubleheaders that have been created started with a game that was originally scheduled for a nine-inning game. So they're shortening that game, and they're adding another game for seven innings, and they're just making that happen to take yeah. care of postponements. And I don't see any reason why that couldn't be the case moving forward. Well, again, I think there are people who would accept that this year that would have trouble with it. And, and we know there'll be people who have trouble with it. And I'm, I am may, may or may not be one of those people because I would have to hear what the actual plans were. But I just, you know, when it, these are not, they're not two sides to any of these arguments, really. There are probably five or six sides to the arguments and the logistics of it. And when I mentioned the ex- expansion of the playoffs, keeping more teams in the in the mix because people are like, well, you know, if you're just if you're adding one team to each league or even two teams, it really only affects them. And I'm thinking, no, it really doesn't, because there are probably three or four other teams within a couple of games of them that are now in the mix into August, maybe even early September. Uh, and that really changes general manager stuff. And that boy messes with the mythical trading deadline. It does. Too. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> messes with the mythical trading deadline. And that's always been a. That's always been kind of a funky thing to me. But I I do think making necessary changes throughout the course of the year is fun, especially when you get players who aren't stars or who aren't even everyday players. But they're gonna they're gonna fit they're gonna fit a certain role on your team. And if you have a general manager that understands that dynamic and that manager and that general manager have that communication. Uh, that can be really fun, but this rent a player kind of deal, <laughs> you know, that got popularized. I don't know why. I think Dave. I always go back to David Cohn. I always go back to him as sort of the the poster child for rent a player in the mid '90s when all this sort of seemed to start happening a lot. Yeah, this mythical trading deadline and these rent a players, and uh, I think David Cohn has a 18 World Championships because he would just get traded to the team that uh, just needed that one extra, you know, shut down starting pitcher. Wasn't he once on a team that got uh, that lost in the playoffs, and then he immediately went to another team still alive in the playoffs and pitched for them? I'm relatively certain that that happened at some point. David Cohn, look him up. <laughs> That's a good deep dive. David Cohn. No doubt. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. All right, let's go to progressive trivia. Let's get the second set of clues in after we review our first set. We're looking for an NFL player who spent 12-plus years in the NFL, uh, played for eight head coaches, had over 800 solo tackles. So this is a defensive player, clearly. Nine-time-plus pro bowler. So it's uh, nine or more, and not that many more, but could be more. Probably not exactly nine. First-round pick. Played with Garrison Hurst and Keith Brooking. Remember Keith Brooking, guys? Former Georgia Tech linebacker Keith Brooking. Keith Brooking. Good player. And, and then he played with Atlanta. I think he just stayed in the state and had a, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer or not, but he was multiple Pro Bowl. He was a big player for the, that Falcons team. 
back in the day, went to a school that hasn't won a national championship in over 35 years. How about that? Played in nine-plus playoff games and at least one Super Bowl. So there it is. So there it is. And uh, Over 35 years. What's that? That's 85, right? Yeah. 35 years ago. Yeah. That was since. Well, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Let's see if we have any picks from, uh, I don't know. Do you see any picks in there, uh, Jeff? From uh, Joe or from Lenny? Yes. Uh, was it Derek Smith from the San Francisco 49ers? <laughs> I don't know your de- uh, your defense's names. No. Derek Derek Smith. There's somebody oh, no. Smith from uh, yeah, the 49ers. Smith. Speaking of Smiths. Derek Smith. Derek. Yeah, you said Derek Smith. That was the that was the guess. I don't Derek. remember him with the 49ers. Alden Smith, though, remember talking about him five years ago, John? Yeah. And all the, all the legal problems he had and, and what a great talent he was, and they had to finally jettison him. Well, of course, you know who picked him up. New England? Five years down the road. What's that? Was it New England? That's a good guess for in terms of who, guess who picked him up. But the next one is the Dallas Cowboys. They've got oh, Alden man. Smith. And... um I was actually listening to a program earlier today laying out what Dallas has. And, yes, every year they come in with loads of talent. You could argue that the last 25 – I mean, if I'm not mistaken, guys, they have not gotten to a conference championship game since the last time they won a Super Bowl 25 years ago. I can't I think remember I'm right one. on that. I believe you are as well. So they have not even been to a championship game in 25 years. Yet in that quarter century – they have had lots of great players. They had T.O. and arguably his prime. Tony Romo, who was a very good quarterback. They've had uh, great wide receivers. They've had, they always have a great offensive line. They, they have had loads and loads of talent. Now, I agree that this year, too, is going to be their bounce back because I think they had a great year in 16 with Dak. I think Dak, that, that's his uh, rookie year in the NFL. 18, they had a great year. 17 and 19, they both kind of they, they went down. I think they're going to have a good year this year. I really do. And with C.D. Lamb, who all reports say he's just lighting it up. Yep. Uh, there, there might be some additional excitement. Brand new coach. Yeah. Better coaching uh, because I think both we all on this show have agreed that Dallas generally underperformed. Even in the years that they made the playoffs, they just did not seem. And I lo- again, I love to get behind Ivy League guys. And Jason Garrett went to Princeton, but they just struck me with Garrett that they were not a they were not a well oiled machine. And I and I had to lay that at the foot of coaching. And I think it's difficult to coach for Jerry Jones. Frankly. I agree. And answer me this, guys. I have a guess, by the way, and I'm I, kind of pr- proud of it. Have you sent? Oh, very good. Was it the very good, John? Was it the thirty-five years? Yep. Look at you. See, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I almost said forty. I almost <laughs> just said how many, and then I thought, no, that's going to be too easy for John. Yeah. So let yeah. me do this. But you still figured it out. Nice work. Nice Thank work. You. Thank you. Uh, okay. Let me ask you this because I I have thought about this, but I could be wrong. I don't think there's an NFL coach who has won a Super Bowl with more than one team. There's NFL coaches who have coached Super Bowls with more than one team. Don Shula, Dan Reeves, right. John Fox. Parcells. Yep. Off, off the top of my head, Parcells, good call. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, but have any coaches won with two teams? Just uh, two. D- Shula didn't? 
No, he didn't win with Baltimore. No, he lost with the Colts. Oh, right, the right, game. right, right. He only right. played one with the Colts, and he was gone by the time they won. Right. Which, by the way, I think I'm focusing on that year for the deep dive. 69? Six, well, in the 68. NFL? 68 in the NFL? Well, no, oh. not the NFL, the whole Oh, wow. Arena. Okay. It's, there's... It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. It's phenomenal. I can't. Might want to push this thing back. Then you're going to need that extra time. That's I, a, that's an adult portion. Good it lord, is a, it is an adult portion. We may have to break it up into two parts. <laughs> By the way, Lenny, Lenny now said because you were going to say forty, he gave it away, which you sort of did uh, when you said you were going to go with forty. But that's okay, Lenny. Mark's it family is. already knew what it was. He commiserates with them beforehand. Yeah, in the picking of the uh, of the progressive trivia. I mean, that's, does 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 do people know? Ex- you know, do people know automatically? I guess they can look it up, but do they know automatically who won the national championship in 1980? If you do, then good for you. They you should. Know? I mean, well, if they're I, good Americans, <laughs> they're good people. I mean. So who won the national championship in 82? College football national. See, that's one I should know right 81 off. 81 is Clemson. I do know that. Penn State, I believe. Okay. Yeah, Lenny, Lenny will chime in in seconds to tell me that the fact that I didn't say Penn State immediately, uh, I, I've I've been lessened in his eyes slightly. Yeah, Penn State, 82 and 86, right? 86 for sure over Miami. The, Pretty the, sure it was 82. The Vinny Testaverde 17 pick game, which was yeah. brutal. Penn brutal. State. All right, so that's uh, progressive trivia. Keep guessing if you don't know. Congratulations, John. You got it right. So let's uh, let's touch on the NBA and the NHL playoffs, shall we? Um Again, my flyers still alive. <laughs> so are John's Canucks. What's that? So are John's Canucks. So yeah, are, I was so worried about that. So are the Canucks. And uh, Dallas couldn't put it away. They're now up 3-2. They were up 3-1. Well, how about the fact that the Canucks put in a first-time goalie? He made his NHL de- debut in yep. the uh, playoffs. And he say had forty two saves. Yeah, he was he was remarkable. That's just great. But you know, sometimes I, I remember hearing a coach say, sometimes a guy who's that young actually doesn't realize the pressure as much. That it's just you know, there's always going to be that initial excitement. It was my first game, but maybe it didn't really. <laughs> outside of that, it didn't. It, it, it well, it obviously didn't have a a a. a a bad effect on the guy kid because he played really, really well. I will I will say this. If they stick with him and he goes on to win the Stanley Cup, he will be a Hall of Famer because typically when they do put a kid in and he does really well at a run like this, they yeah. end up having the rest of their career set up by being able to succeed in the big uh, games. Well, we'll see what happens. It's a great story. There's no doubt about that. It's a great story. And and if they can somehow come back from 3-1 and pull this off because of this brand new, not even a rookie, brand new, doesn't even qualify as a rookie this year, uh, he would. Uh, that, that would be a t- terrific story. Vegas is a tough team, though. Mm-hmm. I think Dallas probably still closes out the Avalanche, right? You guys still think that? Well, I, I don't. I, 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 you think you know, gonna come back? I don't I just think, think they're that, going to. I just think that they may. I, I think the I, I think the abs have somewhat underperformed, frankly, and uh, I think what you saw was what I kind of expected out of them. It's a tough it's a tough tale, but I wouldn't be shocked if they come back to win. Yeah. I mean, I took Dallas, but I, I would not be shocked at all. Colorado's the better team. I think top, so too. But to they bottom. haven't played. They haven't played as like the better team. Yeah, is well, the problem. You're a Capitals fan. Remember all of those years. 
<laughs> yes, uh, yes, I do, I do, I do. But uh, yeah, they. I mean, that was that was the Avalanche team. I think a lot of people expected to see, and we really haven't seen them at all throughout. So we'll see. We'll see. Is that is is that the turning point, or are they staving off the inevitability? Inevitability. In the uh, and and of course, you guys obviously think Islanders are going to uh, win. Do you think it's just going to be six games, Jeff, or do you think uh, Philly's a little scrappier than you thought? And maybe they might push it to seven. Well, I never had any doubt that Philadelphia was scrappy. I I uh, loathe them for that, but uh, <laughs> that's I just, me not not liking teams that the put try too much effort in. Yes, it's well, it's not it's insane. not it's not the it's it's not the scrappiness. It's just I just. It's funny because Matt Niskanen plays for them, who was part of the Capitals Cup winning team, and he is a guy that I really appreciated. One of the best stories is uh, when he was young, a reporter asked him, what was it like growing up in, in Finland? And he's like, I'm from North Dakota. <laughs> he's got a name Niskanen yeah, but, yeah uh, but you know come on isn't, isn't North Dakota often referred to as the Finland of the Midwest I mean if you look at the people I, you would be far off I, I what would you think <laughs> Not about at all. but uh but but uh I don't know what it is about Philadelphia sports that I don't like I don't I don't know I just don't like those teams and I don't like I don't like Cloud Giroux I don't like Jakub Voracek. I just they just seem like jerks. I don't know if it's if it's the uniform that they put on that makes them seem that way or if it's them they actually are that way. I don't know what it is. Well, hey, as a Caps fan, I hated the Flyers. I've hated the Flyers my 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 whole life. But here's what I think. I think if uh if the Isles win it in 6, if the Isles win it, they're going to win it in 6. They lose it well, obviously they can't lose it in 6. But if it goes to game 7, I I would I, be hard pressed not to pick the flyer. I differ from you in that uh, opinion. Really? I think that Philadelphia will win Game Six, and then the Islanders will close them out in seven. All right. Well, there it is. There's the bet. Yeah, just better I'll coaching. Bet every penny I've made since February eighteenth. So will I. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. We'll and be exchanging the, meaningful glances then. And the Lightning are waiting. The Lightning are waiting. To see who wins, and that's just a. I think that's a great story too. Tampa Bay's been a remarkable franchise for a while now. Yep. And yet last year was brutal. They became the first President Cup winner to lose in the to get swept in the first round. Right. We knew they wouldn't win the cup. We knew that. That's 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 a given. (laughs) But we didn't expect that. And they are the biggest team. They get these just enormous guys who can skate. I don't know where I, they're either getting them out of Finland or North Dakota from what I understand. <laughs> it's, yeah. I, but they, I, I, I went over, uh, it's been a couple of seasons, but saw a couple of games over there with some friends and my God, some of those guys do not look like the giants. They are on the ice and uh, they, they would be a tough, they're going to be a tough out for anybody. Maybe this is finally their, their year to break. I mean, through. They're in the conference finals this year. They had that. They won the President's Cup the prior year. The year before that, I think, was your year, right, with the uh, yeah. Caps, and yep. they made the conference finals that year. Yeah, beat them in the conference. Had a, three, had a three-two lead in the conference final, one game away from the. the they've top. had a they've lot been, of. They've had a lot of success in the regular season and the beginning of the playoffs. Yeah, they just can't get over that hump. No, nope. and maybe, maybe, maybe they are because we talked about it beforehand. The with the bubble situation, I mean, it just may change things up for some teams that they, needed something to change the the sameness of their playoff experience they have the best goalie left in the playoffs f- for sure 
the guy is just incredible. But I just I don't have faith in Tampa Bay to to take it the rest of the way. I didn't have I didn't have the faith in them to get past Boston, but Boston won the President's Trophy, didn't they? I should have I should have better known better. Exactly, Jeff. This weird hockey season has me all flustered. I guess I should have never bet on the President's Normally, Trophy. Exactly. That's the first thing you do when predicting the playoffs. Let me tell you something. Yeah, not going to make it. If I were a team that was, you know, the last couple weeks of the season, and I were, I, I was challenging for the President's Cup, and it wouldn't affect my playoff position too well i'd literally i would i tell guys i'd fine them 10 grand if they ever took a shot in the last seven games that's it don't you ever shoot we are going to play four corners the whole game because it'll it just kill you it is it is a playoff killer oh my god didn't the st louis blues win the president's cup like 11 years in a row they may have and they certainly didn't last year so there you go clearly yep there it is they obviously didn't uh, back to the Cowboys real quick because we're gonna we're gonna kind of wrap all this up I think right now yeah and uh, we're right at an hour I think we'll table the Kirk Cousins thing or maybe we can briefly talk about it I'll tell you what we'll talk a little NFL after we do the last set of clues all right let's do it progressive trivia here we go all right twelve plus years in the NFL played for eight head coaches had over eight hundred solo tackles nine time plus Pro Bowler. Uh, first-round pick, played with Garrison Hurst. Keith Brooking went to a school that hasn't won a national championship over 35 years. That was the clue that John Pelkey figured out somehow, somehow played nine-plus playoff games and at least one Super Bowl. If I would have said 30 years, that would have made it a lot harder because that includes Penn State. That includes other teams, right, John? Right. Yeah, but there were a couple other there were a couple other giveaways, I'll tell you in just a second. Really? Yeah, there's there's one very specific one because I went, wait a minute. And you may not have done it on purpose, but wow. Started over 200 games, went to a school in the SEC. He's a Hall of Famer, 50 plus career interceptions. It's an it's a NFL progressive. Let's do a little NFL talk. Uh, I have a theory about Dallas this year. I, I and uh, I'll I'll talk about it after after we briefly mention Kirk Cousins who was had an interview with uh, someone and they were asking him about Life in uh, COVID, yes, preseason NFL football, mm-hmm. and he is, you know, he is personally of the mind he'll wear a mask mm-hmm. because he he's trying to be considerate of other others' feelings. Yes, but he has never been worried about the disease. Understood. He, he has um he he has he hasn't taken anything into regard the whole time. And that's just where he is. If 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 we're up to him, no one would wear masks, mm-hmm. and um, everyone would realize it's not a big deal. Well, and, and, he, and he basically said, "If I die, I die." And he Which, said, "Yeah." He said that uh, among other things. He said it's sort of survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think I'll get it, but if I get it, I have I have faith that I'll you know I I believe that i would get through it i would navigate he has what? it he has, what, what what did you say he has he has belief he has he a it. lot of faith and i think that does factor into it i think he thinks if god wants him to to have coronavirus then that's part of the plan if he mm-hmm. dies of coronavirus that's part of god's plan that's the way kirk cousins is he's very much a man of faith q john pelkey <laughs> No, I'm not going to. I'm going to take a different position than you thought. I, I, I'm going to take a different position than you thought. I don't agree with him at all. 
on any of that, including the faith thing. I'm an atheist. I admit it on the show. I fully am. Former former Catholic altar boy, all of that. Um, but I will say, initially, I was kind of worked up and I wanted to go after Cousins because, you know, I have, you been, up. I have been a Kirk Cousins yeah. apologist in your mind. I got under your skin. I got under his skin right away. He says, you know, religion makes people stupid. And I said, I never understood your affinity for this guy. And then and then he just comes after me personally uh, with the same kind of phraseology. Uh, and, and it was hilarious. But you do, you've always had an affinity for him until have, he yeah. until he disagrees with you. No, that's not true. I am. I, I have I've had time to think about this. Um, I think he's wrong. I think he's wrong about the, the the masks. I think he's wrong about the all of it. That's fine. We're all allowed to have different positions. But I actually, uh, I actually think I have to give Kirk, Kirk Cousins credit, and I'm going to, because within the body of all of that, he did say that because of others, he does wear a mask. Yes, when he's around yes. others, he did. And he, I'm going to leave clear. it there and say, you know what? You can have the, these disagreements, and I think they're, uh, you know, while I believe that the, the, the medical evidence is largely in favor of that, and I have doctors who are friends who say, you know, we, we don't know 100%, but we know it couldn't hurt and it may help, and I think Kirk Cousins approaching it in that way has said, you know what, uh, this is how I feel, but if it makes other people more comfortable, and more importantly, if if it does turn out to be true, then then I've done my part. So I will say... I'm still defending Kirk Cousins. I like Mark, it. I know it upsets you. No, um, in this case, I like it because you were going after him initially because of his faith, basically. And then you thought through it and you realized, well, part of his faith is making sure he treats others the way he wants to treat himself. And I'm all, and I'm all good with that. And, and he's practicing it in real right. time, even though his theocratic right. and theological beliefs are and in, I would uh, say and I, opposition of yours. And I would say the approach of I am not a social Darwinist. Um, uh huh. The approach that survival of the fittest thing. Um, I think societies are uh, judged by how they treat people in the shadows, the the people who need help. And if uh, and there are people. Kirk Cousins is a world class athlete who probably. You know, unless he has some pre-existing condition we don't know about, probably would be able to survive uh, if he were to get the virus. Though, again, there are still some questions about lingering things that happen if people do. Um, but I worry that, you know, if we were to follow the idea of the survival of the fittest, it would be it, it would be um, it's kind of a eugenics thing, which is horrible, where it's like, well, you know, those people were sick anyway. It's, it sound. I thought you were about to go into a Vince Scully uh, defending. Well, I gotta tell you, Kirk, I've got high blood pressure, high cholesterol. I've lost a leg. No, I, I just. I, I'm not in a Vin. I'm not in a Vin mood today. And by the way, people were asking me more Vin reading rock and roll lyrics. So I thought about that because I did Honky Tonk Woman. But in conclusion, Kirk Cousins. Thumbs up, pal. I'm giving you the thumbs up. Because How about that? The fact that even even though you don't necessarily believe it, you are a good enough citizen, and you do realize that we have uh, yes. we have an obligation, uh, a greater obligation than just to ourselves. Yes, absolutely. And he does know that, and he believes that in his faith, right. and he's act acting on it, even though he doesn't think it's a big deal. Right. So. Yes, that is. I'm glad you you saw that in the article. I'm glad you. I'm glad that in the end is what's landed. Yes, with John Pelkey. I, pre, I See, appreciate that. I can be reasonable. Yes, yes. I can be reasonable. 
Yes. I don't enjoy it very much, frankly. No, it makes, it's much it's more fun. Bad podcast. Much it, more fun to be five pops in and just be just spewing bile. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. About the Dallas Cowboys, I do think this is going to be a special year for them. I do think they're loaded, and I do think that this is going this is going to be a special year. And what I mean that by that is that they are going to make the playoffs, and I, they very well might make the championship game this year. Mm-hmm. That means they they've got to either beat Tampa to get there, San Francisco to get there, or Seattle to get there, and they're going to have to beat one of those teams to get there more than likely. Uh, Maybe Green and Bay, New perhaps Orleans. Green Bay, even Minnesota. Yep, Minnesota is is looking interesting as well. Not once um, Kirk Cousins gets the corona, he's not going to. He's yet. wearing his mask. Yeah, he's he's been he's doing all the protocols. Oh, see, that protects other people, but he's going to be a lot around the rest of his faith folks, and they're going to be like, "Ah, it's nothing, Kirk." John, you're an anti-theist, not an atheist. My wife calls herself a non-theist. And uh, she she yeah. prefers that uh, to atheist, but you know I, I think we talked about that in, in our in our show about five years ago. You yeah. know, you're just a you're just not a theist. You're just not a theist, right? So there it is. But I think Dallas is going to probably make the championship game. I do. I do. I don't think they're going to get over that hump, but they will break their 25 year streak of not going to a championship game. I mean, that's just remarkable to me. Jacksonville's been twice. In that time, <laughs> that is let's just let's just start and end there. I mean, you know, as as much as we love on the Cowboys, we also need to just point that out. Yeah, that Jacksonville has gotten to two more championship games than Dallas has in the last in 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 Jacksonville's entire existence. Yeah, Carolina's gotten to a couple and a Super Bowl for yes. God's sake. Yes, well, you know, so there, there's a lot of teams that have had a great deal more success. When you look at the Cowboys, I think what has hurt them the most is, weirdly, Jerry Jones has stuck with someone that wasn't going to put them over too long. Twice, with Romo and then with Garrett. I don't, I don't know. I See, I don't think that I disagree with you on Romo uh, completely. I think Romo was uh, not well coached, but I think he's done that with uh, coaches that acquiesced to Jerry Jones and yeah. he's been too loyal to those coaches. Um, and that has been a problem for him. It's the same thing that I think affected and boy, I hope Riley doesn't listen to this that affected Don Shula late in his career. He had assistant coaches that just it, you know, and these are people who know a lot more about football than I do, but I've heard other people talk about it who the game had some, in some way passed them by a little bit. They were not as, uh, successful or effective as they had been. And Shula stayed with them too long. And I think it negatively affected the dolphins, but I think that I think they, they stayed with, with Marino too long as well. In my opinion, there you go. That may very well be true. I mean, he retired in 99 when Jimmy Johnson got there in 96 or whatever it was. Yeah. Got uh, rid of them then. Yeah. He, he well, would have, he just, he would have got some value. He would have had a Herschel Walker trade for the, for the dolphins as well. Possibly, but remember, he, he's, I know everybody remembers he lost his last game 62-7 to to Jacksonville, the aforementioned Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, uh, but uh, he, he'd won a road playoff game the week before in Seattle because right. that's when Seattle was in the AFC. Against and, a 9-7 and seven team or whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he won a road playoff game. And that was a Jacksonville game. team that only lost three games all year, and they lost them all to the same team. All to Tennessee, yeah. So the thing is, is that I think – I do think they hung on to Marino too long. Okay. I know that's a controversial statement, but I believe that's true. If Jimmy, if Jimmy would have been allowed 
to go with his instincts, which I think was to, to jettison Marino and have another Herschel right. Walker trade, I think you're uh, right. Miami would have been in a better position uh, afterwards. I, yeah, that boy, that would that would have been a tough sell in South Florida, though, even outside of uh, of management well, to sell it. Herschel Walker wasn't a uh, very uh, they weren't very happy about him being traded either. No, because Dallas was bereft. He wasn't quite as iconic, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah he wasn't iconic. Yeah. And Dallas was so bereft of talent then that the fans showed up to see Herschel because they were just, yeah. you know, they had been hanging on to people too long. They hung on to, I think, uh, Tom Landry too long as well. Um, but I, that's why I, I, I don't agree with you about Dallas necessarily, Mark. I think certainly they could be a playoff team, but I don't think that that's a team that's uh, in Mike McCarthy's first year is going to get to the NFC Championship. Maybe not, but I think the excitement of a new coach, the excitement of a guy like C.D. Lamb. And they're going to win a lot of team games in that division. And they in are. My mind. And Apparently, they are. The, the latest rumor, and, you know, I try to stay away from rumors training camp because, you know, shorts and – Baseball cap football is a little different than full speed football. But, uh, boy, Daniel Jones not getting good uh, reports from Giants camp. Apparently there's some – and you get this every year. There's some there's some young rookie probably out of, I don't know, Pawtucket State uh, who's I – don't, I, don't, I don't even remember who it was, but he's getting outplayed in, in, in practice. But I, I do think that's going to be a weak division. Remember last year at this time we were hearing about Jimmy Garoppolo's five interceptions <laughs> right. in, in – in a singular practice and yeah. oh, what's going to happen. And he just, you know, led him to the Super Bowl and was top five in multiple categories as a quarterback. Dwayne, so. Dwayne Haskins named the uh, starter for the Washington football team while we were broadcasting. Is Alex Smith officially on the roster? Yeah. 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 And he's back. He had uh, several days ago, um, a handful of days ago, may have been this week, may have been last week. Um, he actually took part in a full practice for the first time where he took part in every single activity in the practice. And I tell you what, uh, I would have named Haskins the starter at this point as well, because I just think you need to see more of Alex Smith before you make that decision. And you need to mind. see more of Dwayne Haskins before you, you move on from him. You yeah. do. And what is Alex Smith is what, 33 now? 33 years old, maybe? Yeah, but he doesn't have Alex mileage Smith. on him for a couple of years. He's as old although. as uh, Aaron Rodgers. No, he's older. He was drafted in 05. So if he was 22 in 05 or 23 in 05, he's now 36, 37, okay. 38. That, that old, yeah, I stood next to him actually in line to check into his hotel that he was staying at uh, when he got drafted in New York. I was staying in the same hotel that weekend, not to go to the draft. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I really think... I, I never felt that Alex Smith would be named the starter. I just didn't see what the point in that was. I think you can go to Haskins, and if, if things are, you know, completely a tire fire, then you can go back to Alex Smith. But I, I think that's a – He's 36. 36. Okay, just so turned 36, so uh, okay. young 36, so, not an old 36. And you're right. He doesn't have a lot of mileage, but he is also coming back from just literally almost losing his leg, yeah. let alone his wife, his life. Um but uh, yeah, that not not a surprise to me. All right, let's go to progressive trivia. Give you all twelve clues one more time and reveal the answer to you, in case you haven't guessed it based on the forty-year guess. My goodness. So eighty. Okay, we'll talk about it in a second. I've spent twelve plus years in the NFL. He uh, actually spent fifteen. Played for eight head coaches. I thought that would throw people off. Had over nine hundred solo tackles. Nine time plus Pro Bowler. I think it's twelve, if I'm not mistaken. First round pick. 
played with Garrison Hurst and Keith Brooking. Did that They're, give it away, John? That's that's a little bit for me. Both those guys played in Georgia, one at Georgia, one at Georgia Tech. So I'm always waiting for somebody to put a played with as a college guy. So when I heard Garrison Hurst, I thought Georgia. They played with each See, other no. in college and not the NFL? No, they played together in the NFL. But yeah, that's uh, I, I know that was a possibility, but I, it's always in the back of my mind because I sneak that in every now and then that a guy played with a college guy. So. See, I have to think. I have to think through that as well next mm. time. See, that's well. You don't have to stump me. No, I do. That's the biggest thing I have to. Give. Really it means when, a lot. Oh, oh yeah, it does. It okay. means a lot. It does right. mean a lot, especially when it comes to giving college football clues out there. You know what I mean? Part of me wants to be impressed, which I was today, and part of me wants to, you know, frustrate you. Yeah, I get it. Uh, went to a school that hasn't won a national championship in over thirty-five years. They last won it in nineteen eighty. The last consensus national championship was nineteen eighty for this school. Played in nine plus playoff games and at least one Super Bowl. I think it was just the one. They got trashed by Seattle in that. Started over two hundred games, long career, went to a school in the SEC. That's Georgia. Hall of Famer, fifty I think one or two career interceptions. It is, of course, the great champ Bailey, who we've we've uh We've had him be the subject of progressive trivia. I think this is the third time now in the history of the of the podcast, John. Really? But every time there's been a there's been you know I've, I've tweaked the clues. Okay. Just, a you're just trying. So, you just wait until you can you can. Uh, I, I can't me wait on a to do Bailey. another Champ Bailey uh, progressive trivia in a month or two, and uh, <laughs> and and give you like a you know a blatant college football statistic. Now, if if I told you that they played. Um, Wisconsin and Virginia in the two bowls that he played in. Would that help you? Or would that have thrown you off? Because it's UV. It's your, it's one of the many schools you attended without benefit of graduation. So, right. right. And there's a soft spot there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that probably wouldn't have been very helpful for me. Darn uh, it. It's, it was the college. It was the national championship. That was a giveaway for me. Uh-huh. And, and, and I'm always waiting for you to put played with and to be a college guy because I've done that before. So, so 83 is the uh, is the Hurricanes, correct? 83. Mm-hmm. So who won in 84? Oklahoma? No. No. Was that uh, was that Ty Detmer and BYU? BYU might have been 84. This is this is this is good stuff. Folks. All right. No, we're not going right. to we're not going to we're not going to go no, through no, this. We don't have time. That'll, that'll be a different show, but literally. Quizzing John Palkey on college football. So what have we decided on the going to be? We, a, that that'll be the, a whole show one day. All right, I'll have to bone up a little bit because I have gotten worse at it. Actually, I'm better back then than I am now. Uh, so so what is it? We're going to decide on the deep dive because I know that was we we're going to do. Are we definitely doing this one on Friday, or are you desirous to push it to another day? Joe Connolly correctly points out that a week from tomorrow is the first game. It's the Thursday night football game. A week. From tomorrow, okay, the NFL starts. I understand so, that. Stop yelling at me. Uh, <laughs> so it's not me, right, Jeff? He just 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 railing at me. Next I, week, I think it's a little bit of both. I think you're feeling a little guilty, and he's being a little right. bit less sensitive than he usually is. Well, I always Aww. feel guilty because there's something I've done I haven't been caught yet. Yet, and God knows. So, what do you think, though, that at next Friday? show it would not it's not scheduled to be a deep dive so we we would do that that'd be a perfect that's a perfect friday show for the first weekend of the nfl we've already seen what happened on thursday night so that's you know but that's that's not a problem the following friday is a, scheduled for a deep dive mm-hmm. and so that we we would have to give up previewing the weekend 
<laughs> as opposed to doing it Monday where we would give up overreaction. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, what about Wednesday? Why I, did yeah, Wednesday fall I, I, I think Wednesday is the best thing. I, I think next Wednesday, I think you said just what Joe, Joe Connolly said, is do this deep dive on Monday and then move them to Wednesdays going forward. Move them to Wednesdays. Yeah. I might I might check and see if they can, you know, uh, bail bail. Is my wife listening? <laughs> but hey, wait, wait! Your my shirt's not going to get there the until after earlier. Monday. What's that? What's that? Your shirt's not going to be here until after Monday. Uh, it didn't look like I could get it in Prime delivered without delivery fee huh. before tomorrow, which was yeah. Before. I mean, before Friday, but Monday, yeah, but even even, be... even Monday was 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 going to be tough. I c- I could look at that. I I can look at that. I might be able to, you know, as I said, just keep this on the down low. Might be able to pay the extra three, four bucks if it gets out. Right, and then Dane better then, better be on, in the bullpen. Then you're a, you're literally a dead. Because you're gonna you're gonna have to go to the bullpen. If she says no to the three or four bucks, then uh, let us know. Maybe Mark and I will kick in a couple bucks each, and uh, yeah, or we'll do a GoFundMe page for for you <laughs> four dollars for my Steagle shirt. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do. You think you think I can convince people it's like a grand? Because God knows, you know that we don't, help stop coming. We don't want to get canceled for false GoFundMe's. Just we won't even be false about it. We'll just let people know no, what the deep dive is going to be. We'll Gold, find $4. out what merchandise, and we'll just say, "Look, anybody, you want to you want to chime in on this puppy?" <laughs> I, I think it's a good. I think it's no, a great it's, idea. It's hilarious. We do a GoFundMe before every deep dive. By the way, <laughs> that's perfect. That's perfect. Uh, by the way, Lenny, what, Lenny thinks you'll you'll talk. You'd fold under questioning, Mark. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I, I feel that. confident about that, too. And it's not because I think that you are are bad at keeping a secret. I think it's just you're not a liar. Uh, well, see, uh, let, let's let's you think I would just tell Jody I would just squeal to Jody. I, I, I think if there was something in it for you. <laughs> Yeah. What could possibly be in it? Maybe she would. Maybe she's gonna. Maybe say, "I, I need four bucks, Jody." I'm. I'm. I'm really. Poor she kills days. John. You finally get your younger uh, co-host. Yeah, that's it. Oh, I see. So tell me what the secret is, Mark. That will give me justification in any court size to kill my husband, mm-hmm. and therefore Dane Becker, who's been waiting in the sidelines yep. in the wings yep. for months now, has any court size met your husband? <laughs> so true it's so true he's who yeah it's okay justified don't you want to hear what he nah i don't need to it's all over i think there's actually a statute here yeah federal code 3179217 john yep. pelkey uh there is no uh yeah you're you're good yeah Just, when they, all is justifiable if there is an afterlife and uh and i don't think there is uh but if there is and you're presented with like a book of your uh your failings mine's like a set of encyclopedias are you kidding me the lenny's thinking i just have a couple of glasses of merlot and i'm just gonna you know just give away the store the quote is a couple merlot and blah 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 that, that's so true. Yeah, that should be on the screen for for everyone to see. From yes. my, I would do it, but know. he misspelled Merlot the first time. He had to spell check himself. I, I I'd be Mark would be hanging out, and and I would uh, I, I I wouldn't agree with him enough on something. I wouldn't I wouldn't agree that the Cowboys were going to make it to the uh, NFC right. Championship game, and he'd be you know either three now scotches or yeah, Merlot's yeah. in. 
you'd be like, uh, yeah, you know, I, 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 I think they will. Uh, you want to bet the amount you spent on shipping for that Steagle shirt? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. No, that would be it. It would be it would be in the middle of some other thing. Yeah, and I got distracted. It's like Fredo saying, you know, and Johnny Ola, Johnny Ola. Oh, he comes this. to these places all the time. Johnny's always here. It's just a horror. Ooh. That was it. That was it. <laughs> that was it. John, that's his death warrant. That you night. broke my you broke my heart, Fredo. You want to go fishing, John? Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, are you going to go? No. He wants you back. Oh, God. No, we could do we could do Godfather. All of it. Should I do? All uh, right. Should, I do Vin Scully doing uh, rock lyrics again. I pulled sure. into Nazareth, started feeling about half past dead. Just need to find some place where I could lay my head. Hey, mister, won't you tell me where a man might find a bed? He just grinned, shook my hand. No was all he said. <laughs> Jack steps out of the box. So uh, a trivia question I know that John Pelkey is going to get. Do you know who the band was originally the backing band for? Ronnie Hawkins. Well, they also backed up. He was Ronnie Hawkins first. They were the Hawks. Ronnie Hawkins. Yeah, you're right. It was Ronnie Hawkins first. Oh, trust me. Trust me. And I don't know what day they take the trash out at my house, but you want to talk about the history of the band? Let's go. (laughs) Let's go, baby. Uh, And Jeff, do you know where they're outside of Levon Helm? You know where they're all from? Oh, yeah. They're from Canada. eh? We're very proud of them up here. And Levon's from Turkey Scratch, Arkansas. Yeah. So they, uh, if you, you, and you've seen The Last Waltz, I'm sure, Jeff, multiple times. I have. (laughs) Well, there's that scene. We talked about this. I just find it fascinating. The Confederate flag on his wall? Yeah. yeah, and they're just yeah. talking about everything, and they're all they're all from Canada. Yep. Well, the that, fact of the matter is, though, one of their one of their most famous songs is "The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down." Right? Yep. Yeah. No. Right? Yeah, they and were that, very. And that song, they were very to me uh, conservative Canadians. To me, that song. Uh, I don't think conservative. Uh, to me, that song uh, is elevated by the fact that it's Stoneman's Cavalry. It's not. Jeb Stewart's, which wouldn't make sense anyway, but they, they went with George Stoneman, who I could spend, I could deep, let's, that's what it's going to be. The deep dive is George Stoneman. Who yeah, may he, be related to Horace Stoneham, who owned the Giants. No, Stoneman. Yeah, Stoneham. I, 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 think Stone, I think Stoneman uh, played college football, so I think you could get may away have. with that. Yeah. He, may have, I, he helped, he helped uh, uh, invent baseball along with uh, Abner Doubleday. And I don't, I don't think the night they drove all Dixie down is a testament to uh, how great the, uh, the, Confeder- the Confederacy was. It's a testament to what it's like going through, a, f- a family going through this kind of thing. And it's a great story and covered by I do think Joe it is. Baez, I, too, right? I so, think it is a yeah. great, great story. So I don't, I don't, you know, to, to me, that's night and day. It's not defending, it's not defending a statue of, of, uh, you know, Stonewall Jackson. Yeah, no, I made are, a, I, I made a joke and you got it all. You're now you're getting all serious. Yeah, you, you really did. You, you, you got it all wrong. Look at him. There, there it is. He just wants to go there. It just, it's, it's, it's in his DNA and, and, and immediately he's going to be in the middle of the discussion. It'll be, how much did you pay for the, for the delivery of that Stiegel shirt? You're only going to wear once. God, that was, that was financially a terrible choice on your part. Really? So I was, I was down a Ferrero. I was down a Ferrero Land Road. Is what you're telling me? Listen, listen, Jeff. I served on the Danville train with Virgil Kane. 
And I need you to know that that was a story of a family. It was. I know you know you this. You take what you need and you leave the rest. You should never have taken the very best. Just <laughs> Vin Scully reads uh, reads uh, rock and roll lyrics. Well, and I and I think having Davy Lopes or Ron Say at the plate every single time. I yeah, think I went with Steve Sax that time. Because when you uh, when you do go to someone else, it'll be noteworthy. I didn't hear the Steve Sachs part. Is this after uh, the band? Yeah, it was after. Sorry. Sorry. I, I shouldn't have gone to Steve Sachs. It should have been Lopes or Russell. Okay. No, we, we discussed how you the, you don't hate anything more than Bill Russell. <laughs> so no, not, the, not the basketball say, player. Ron Say uh, or Davey Lopes. Do Ron not say. do Bill Russell. I would rather you do Steve Garvey than Bill Russell. Don't no, know why. Bill Russell is the living embodiment of the Cardinals winning the World Series this year. And that's exactly it. It's just like that's oh. ex- that's exactly it. <sighs> there's just no there's just no place for that in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no place in baseball. There's no place for that. There's no crying and there's no place for Bill Russell. He hated he hated Bill Russell. All right, that'll do it for uh, us. I, yeah. I didn't even get to tell you my my amazing thing from we didn't decide when we're gonna do the deep dive. For God's sake, I'm the one's not hung up on this completion thing. All right, so Wednesday of next week, we just stick to Wednesdays? Yeah, let's move it to Wednesdays, because I do think that during football season, leaving Mondays and Fridays open. Makes sense. And, and how many sports are going to be going on during the, uh, in the fall. If we're going to do it, maybe, maybe do it on the Wednesdays. And I'm going to try to keep it more succinct. So I will tell you my one very interesting fact, if you don't mind. The Steagles were coached by two head coaches. Uh, one of them was Earl Greasy Neal. Both of the guys are, by the way, in the Hall of Fame. One of them was Earl Greasy Neal. One of the things you run into when you look at early 20th century uh, NFL players, most of them wanted to be baseball players. Football was not anybody's favorite sport. There were like seven guys who their favorite sport was football, and the rest of them were all washed-up baseball players. Greasy Neal, who was the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles and co-head coach of the Eagles, Hall of Famer, Played on the 1919 Cincinnati Reds that beat the White Sox. He won wow. a World Series. Wow. He spent like 10 years a in tainted, Major League Baseball. A tainted World Series. Does it really count the he, Reds he, World Series in 1919? To his death, he argued that they, they'd have beat him anyway. To his death, he argued they'd have beat him anyway. But I had no I mean, I knew there were some guys who played both back then. But Greasy Neal... Was and I had no idea for this because I knew who he was. I knew a Hall of Famer. I do. I know way too much about early 20th century NFL football. Greasy Neal was a member of the 1919 Cincinnati Reds. That's great. See, isn't that, that great? That's what these deep dives reveal. The, those connections, those strains from the core part of the story into other cool stories that are epic. That's one of the my most fun thing about the deep dives. All right. Have we done all the business? Can we close up the show, John? Finally? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I can get the, without any uh, delivery, I can get that Stiegel shirt here on Wednesday. So there it is. Before no delivery Wednesday. fee Wednesday, uh-huh. it is deep dives from here on out on Wednesdays, Mondays and Fridays will be reserved for our cliche football preview and overreaction Monday for Jeff Taylor, John Palkia, I'm Mark Ferrer. Everyone be safe, happy, thriving. And we'll talk to you in a couple days.